0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's the week 11 RotoViz Fantasy Football Start Sit Show on RotoViz Radio. What's up, RotoViz? Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. This is the Week 11 Start Sit Show. I'm Dave Cabin, one of the owners at RotoViz, coming to you absent of Curtis here for a solo live stream, but that's fine. Feeling confident we're going to help some people out here this week make some good decisions. In uh, a week where we have a really interesting Thursday night game that will be kicking off in around uh, maybe 40 or so minutes from now, excited to say that we already have questions coming in. The first one coming in from Ryan Zayflowers or Rasheed Rice this week. So we will pull up the GLSP as we always do and just jump right in. This is actually a fairly close matchup based on what the GLSP is seeing this week as a flowers with an average of 12.8 PPR versus 11.8 for rice. If you look at their distributions, where you see a significant difference crop up is when you get to the 15 to 20 buckets, flowers actually has 26% of his matches landing in that zone as opposed to 16% for rice they are fairly similar uh when you look at 20 to 25 and beyond 25 but that really is the line of demarcation there there's also a slight uh advantage to uh for flowers when you look at um the lower end buckets here kind of getting at the downside uh, the one other thing that I'll add into this analysis here while we wait for some more questions to come in is pop over and look at touchdown expectations. So Baltimore and Cincinnati play tonight. Wide receivers like Flowers, 20% of them scored touchdowns in the analogous games here. If we look at Rice and uh, Kansas City, yeah, these are two really interesting games. Kansas City this week, Does play Philadelphia. We know Philadelphia's passing defense has not been that superb in terms of limiting fantasy points surrendered this year. 40% of Rice's matches found the end zone. The final thing that we'll add in here too, is also if we go over to the passing game matchup Raider and uh, I knew this was sitting there. So that's why we had to call it out. Rice this week, given his alignment tendencies and given where the Eagles have been susceptible has the single highest matchup rating of the week. We contrast that with a Flowers who has a slightly above average rating but I think it becomes kind of clear to me that the correct answer here for you Ryan would be to go with Rice, try to capitalize on that advantage on the touchdowns as well as his favorable matchup here in terms of his alignment and just uh Wow, got a fruit fly flying around here, which is kind of strange this time of year. Um, And uh, also, you know, his alignment tendencies and the fact that the Eagles have been very, very forgiving. So appreciate that question coming through. All right. As always, uh, our friend Mike has a really good question for us here. Big flex call this week. Full PPR, Jalen Warren, Deontay Johnson or Laporta. So let's just start off by breaking this down here. Between the Steelers players. So we go to the flex tab and the GLSP tool. Najee Harris was there, but we will flip it over to Jalen Warren. And you have Pittsburgh this week uh, facing the Browns. And Deontay Johnson, the GLSP puts with a PPR average of around 9.7. The tool actually favors Jalen Warren this week, who has an average of 11.3 and it's kind of surprising. Now, some of this is driven likely by a poor week for Johnson last week, but you see his upside very limited in this matchup with just 10% of his matches getting in that 15 to 20 bucket and actually just 14% of his matches going beyond 15. In contrast, Warren actually has 19% of his matches just between the 15 to 20 bucket Uh, A lot of downside for Johnson in this contest. The tool does like Jalen Warren significantly more. And if memory serves, uh, this does not look like a matchup here where Johnson, uh, yeah, he draws us a matchup rating of a 37. We know how tough Cleveland's defense has been. Uh, Just to drill in a little bit more, if we look at the stat line that you get from an average of Jalen Warren's matches this week, you see that 40% of them found the end zone via the ground. They averaged around 47 yards and 11 carries, adding 18 yards as receivers. Uh, let's just take a quick look here at Sam Laporta. And he faces the Bears this week and has a pretty good outlook as well, with an average of around 14.1. Um, I did kind of look into this when researching the passing game matchup uh, article this week. And that that might be a little more forgiving than it should be. Still, though, you know, you'll see here for those of you watching the live stream, he draws a matchup rating of a 45, which for a tight end is actually an average matchup. Um, so he's facing off against the Bears. Tight ends against the Bears are scoring... Just uh, hold on one second here. They are scoring 108% of points per game. So that's actually a pretty favorable uh, matchup there from that perspective. So if we drop these two into a comparison here, uh, that's the final piece of our puzzle here. And we look at their distribution, you'll see that there is a bit of a favorability here for Laporta um against the bears the tool here would tell you to go based off of that and uh play laporta but i'm actually going to say despite it being a tough matchup there with cleveland in a higher majority of outcomes i would feel better here about playing jalen warren so i would say go ahead and roll with warren as always appreciate that question mike um my final thought would be there that uh to me, it isn't definitive. So if your gut were telling you that LaPorta should be the play over Warren, uh, I would have no issue with you going ahead and doing that. All right. Um, Question coming in here from BW. Full PPR. Keaton Chandler or QJ? Wow. This is uh, a pretty interesting one here. So um if we look at running backs, we'll start off there by looking... Uh, Keaton Mitchell, uh, it was him. You got Chandler in there. Now these are still players that I don't feel too great relying on the tool to just look at um, because they're games that are in the samples the tool can look at. I'm not sure just yet how representative those are of type of information and the stats that we should actually be looking at. Uh, This does reflect what I would have said, though, that you probably have a higher ceiling for Mitchell in comparison to Chandler. Um, That's where I would have gone to, um, absent of looking at this. But we probably should take a look at Johnston this week. Uh, Of course, you have some significant injuries in the Chargers lineup that would allow Johnston to see a workload that could be useful uh this weekend but GLSP really not a big fan of his prospects against Green Bay. Green Bay actually has been a pretty good defense um in terms of limiting fantasy wide receivers. Uh you know you'll you'll see if you look at point allowed versus expectation, wide receivers scoring just 90% of their points per game when facing the Packers. And also, if we look up at his matchup rating here, I don't remember exactly what it was, but uh, um, oh, yeah, actually, I need to expand my filter here. Take it down. So you have Johnston with um, just a 41. So I I, uh, am going to say here I would go with Keaton Mitchell. Uh, That would be the play for me there. All right. We are moving along here. We got Diego. Hey, how you doing, Diego? Appreciate the question. Uh, leaning Kitch, Keaton Mitchell tonight over Ty J Spears and Jahan Dotson and Flex. What are you in the GLSP say? Half PPR. Um, Oh, I'm just gonna quickly while you're on. Eh, we'll go back to that one because that's kind of interesting. All right, Keaton Mitchell tonight over Spears. Um, I'm gonna be blunt here, and I don't know blunt the right thing, but I'm gonna guess that uh, I'm not gonna see anything for Spears that's gonna make me feel differently. Um, yeah, just 10% of his matches finding the end zone, very limited upside. So I would, I would go Mitchell over Spears here, um, in his matchup with the Jaguars. Now that said, I do think that we need to linger here for a moment on Jahan Dotson. Um, so he's facing a Giants defense that has been very forgiving this year, two wide receivers, uh, In particular, wide receivers running from the slot. Now, Dotson, you will probably will find in this matchup, will be lined up wide more than in the slot, but he does move around enough that he can capitalize on that. We do see 40% of his comps scoring touchdowns in games like this. You see an interesting thing in his distribution, too, where uh, there's a dip in his 15 to 20 bucket, but we actually see 18% of his matches going between 20, to 25. This is a pretty favorable outlook for him. Uh, and the other component here is if you look at his matchup rating this week, um, it's, it's, it's a 58, which isn't the highest. But if we also add into that, that the giants are allowing wide receivers to put up 110% of points per game, there are certainly reasons to consider going with Dotson here. Just key didn't have the higher ceiling I would say so. Um, it is half PPR though, which I think I do need to take into account here. Oof, that's a tough one, Diego. Um, but I am going to say that you go Mitchell here over Dotson. All right. Another good one here from Diego. Also debating Henderson versus Deontay, JSN and Quentin Johnston. A lot of flex concerns. This week, uh, so it looks like we're picking here out of these four players. Um, I am gonna say that I would probably go with. Well, let's take a quick look here. Batch Raider. Um, actually, don't know if I've spent too much. Yeah, it's like an average rating given his alignment tendencies for Smith and Jigba against the Rams. The GLSP would place him with an expectation of around six targets, four receptions, 47 yards. 20% of his matches found the end zone. Not a whole lot of upside here. Um, but as far as the wide receivers go, I think I would probably put this with JSN, Deontay, QJ. And then let's just take a look here at Henderson at running back of course he's playing in that game that we're just looking at so against the addle um kind of a trickle down here too, step by step if you look at his distribution from uh 33 of his matches scoring less than five points 31 between the five to ten bucket and we trickle down to just four percent at 20 to 25 um i think that uh my, my play here actually would be to go JSN, Deontay, Henderson, uh, and then Johnston. Okay. <laughs> Diego, what's your toughest lineup decision this week for your own rosters? Uh, was sent over. I'd have to think about that. Um, but I'm pretty sure that it's going to be one of my teams where if a chain comes back into the mix, I have four very high level wide receivers. I have Ken Walker. I have Christian McCaffrey and I have a chain. So if he's back, it's kind of this question of who ends up in the flex when your receivers are also guys like, um, AJ Brown, uh, Jordan Addison among others. So that's probably gonna be the toughest decision for me. Um, And then Curtis every week on our managed teams throws out some scenario that I hadn't thought about yet. And then we, we end up spending a lot of time looking at it and I won't even know what, what that decision is going to be yet. But as always, Diego, appreciate those questions moving along here. uh, We have one coming in from Bradley while you're on Warren. What about Warren or James cook full PPR? I love this question because I have James cook on a lot of my teams And I actually might be trying to choose between him to Diego's question here, choosing between Warren or James Cook on some of my teams or no, excuse me, not Warren or James Cook, Brian Robinson or James Cook. So if we take a comparison here, you see James Cook draws an average PPR score here of uh, 10 in full PPR. We have Warren at 11.3. You also see Warren getting the favorability here when we get to the 15 to 20 bucket. So there's definitely more downside for Cook, more upside for Warren, given what the GLSP is seeing. Let's also take a look though here at James Cook and what his comps did. Now, you would hope that Buffalo realized last week that there's some explosion to Cook um. well, I mean, they should know this by now, but it's just killing me that we're still seeing Latavius Murray get into situations that, in my opinion, feel like they should be ones where it's Cook. As a result of that, also against a tough defense in the Jets, we see just 10% of Cook's matches finding the end zone. Uh, 10% did score receiving touchdowns. But overall for me here, uh, I think I would lean the way of Warren. Now, The difficult thing here is they are both playing very difficult defenses. Um, I'm just a little bit concerned, though, about that usage that you're seeing from Cook, despite, you know, a lot of yardage for him um, against the Broncos this weekend, that uh, this does not set up nicely for him this week. So I would go with Warren. All right. Another one from Mike. All right. Another tough flex decision. Uh, 0.25 point per carry full PPR. Rashad white or DK Metcalf. Uh, my initial thought before really bringing this up and drilling in a little bit further here is that I would want to go with And actually let's open up a new screen. Cause there's one thing I want to look at here in the Monday review. I'd probably go with Metcalf. Uh, but we will take a look at these two side by side here. So keep in mind, you got DK playing against the Rams and, uh, we got Tampa Bay, I believe is against Houston. So an average PPR here for, uh, Metcalf of 12 Rashad white. Oh, sorry. Rashad white's playing San Francisco this week of 13.7. You see a fit in favor here of Rashad white at the high end, uh, with 6% of his matches going over 25. Metcalf does not have any in that zone. And the most stark contrast that you're going to see is in that 5-10 to bucket, Metcalf is actually at 39% as opposed to White's 22. To layer onto that though, I do want to take a look at what that stat line looks like for Rashad White. You see 20% of his matches getting rushing touchdowns, 10% scoring, receiving touchdowns. You also have that element of the 0.25 points per carry an expectation here of around 12 carries for white. But what I want to look at here in the Monday review tool here is if we go to the graphs tab now, and I just want to look at the PPR across the year for Metcalf and white, because there might be something there that would be easy to overlook. Uh, if we just compare the two in recent weeks, it has very much been Rashad white, uh, towards the beginning of the season, you could maybe have more confidently pointed to Metcalf. The final thing that we'll add on here is we'll just take a quick look at how Metcalf matches up with the Rams. It's kind of like an average outing for him. Given that point per carry element, given the fact that the GLSP is foretelling us of a bit uh, higher ceiling here. When you put all of that together, I would say that you go white, which is different than I was expecting when I first read that question. All right. What else do we have here? Uh, this one's coming in from Kyle. All right. I like these ones. Full full PPR pick, two running back, one wide receiver, flex one. All right. We got two running backs, one wide receiver, one flex, one tight end. All right. You got Madison, Ford, Mitchell, Royce Freeman, Gainwell. All right, at running back there, I'm going to say that I would probably go, well, let's take a look at what, uh, what things look like uh, for Madison this week. So you have Minnesota playing Denver. Yeah, pretty ugly uh, for Madison. And an average, I think, of around six points is what that said. And if we just look at his PPR accumulation across the year you know, a lot of games under seven points, uh, then, you know, majority of his games going under 10, you did see a bit of a speak of a spike in his week nine matchup. But, uh, for me here, I would go with Mitchell. I would go with Ford at the running back for wide receiver. You're looking between Boyd, Gabe Davis, or Brandon cooks. Now, Uh, We will quickly pull these players up here in the comparison tab of wide receivers. So let's start with Boyd and Davis. And what uh, I'm expecting here. Yeah, you see Tyler Boyd at 11.2, Gabe Davis at just 8.2. And as we saw earlier, you have Buffalo facing off against a very stout defense defense. In the Jets, Uh, you can see just not a lot of upside for Davis this week. So as a result of that, you're also adding on the fact that Gabe, uh, excuse me, that T Higgins is out this game. I think you're going to see more of what you saw where Boyd gets a lot of targets. I know things aren't too great this week in an outlook for Cooks. Um, I would go, well, actually, that might not be true. I just know that I like this more for Boyd than I do for Cooks. So he'd be the wide receiver here. Um, Oof. Yeah, McBride or Ferguson at tight end. This is a tough one. I do know, however, from looking at this a little bit uh, prior that um, McBride has a lot of lofty expectations here, according to the GLSP, to the point that I would say it's probably, well, I shouldn't say probably, is definitely far too optimistic for him this week. Um, But you know, I think it speaks to what that upside could look like for Ferguson. I think the notable thing here is that uh, against Carolina, he does not match up very well. So the answer there would be go McBride. I don't know if we've ever done like a full lineup like that before. Uh, Diego says, appreciate your angles on these cloudy questions. Yeah, of course, always, uh, always happy to help there. Diego, appreciate you stopping by. Um, I've been starting Stroud on a team that just got Kyler back. Who should I go with Murray or Stroud? This is a fun one. Um, I love these quarterback ones. So let's, let's pop over here quickly. Of course, I don't have a lot of data in the tool for Mari, So I'm going to be really um, more focused just on what it tells us about Stroud this week, dude, Stroud against. um, All right. I believe it's, yeah, it's Stroud against Houston. Um, No, 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 sorry. I meant to say it's Arizona against Houston. So it's actually these two facing each other. I would go Stroud. You see 38% of his match is going to 25, 26% in that 20 to 25 bucket. Kyler could have a good game, but I think Stroud has been so superb at this point that I don't think we need to make the shift. Um, as despite Murray, me, you know, coming out and having a great game, um, the upside for Stroud remains so high that, uh, you know, I would stick with Stroud. All right, this question coming in from Jacob and this is pick two it's in p p r you have uh Kyle I'll get to that yeah yeah bench Madison um One of my
2: absolute favorite things in the entire world is attending live events. The atmosphere, the sound, all the little intricate details you can see when you're there live in person, it is just an amazing time. One of the biggest downsides though of it can be the stress and trying to find tickets before the event to make sure you get the best seats and that is where game time comes in. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy and theater theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets on their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets start getting hype for the fun that you're about to have game time is the place to get those last minute ticket deals and it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason exclusive flash deals on all the events coming up and you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and you're set and you can snag tickets today without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and you Use the code rotoviz for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code rotoviz for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: Cooks would be over Davis. um. Yeah, I'd go with McBride. Yep, yep, you're welcome. All right, so I think I got to all of this, Kyle. If not, feel free to drop in a comment. So Jacob, uh, pick two PPR. McLaurin, DeAndre Hopkins, Sutton, and Flowers. Okay, uh, I know that this is a very good matchup for DeAndre Hopkins this week, given what the passing uh, matchup rater sees here. Matchup rating of 65. You also see that Jacksonville is allowing wide receivers to outscore their points per game on the season. Um, Sudden and Flowers, we have to take a quick look at here. Flowers, we did talk some about earlier. Pretty decent outlook for him tonight. Um, Sudden, yeah, gets a pretty good rating too against Minnesota. It's been a very susceptible team. Let's so make our way over to the GLSP. And let's start by looking at uh, McLaurin Oop, wrong position here. So we're going to look at Terry McLaurin. Let's do McLaurin and Sutton here to start. So GLSP here is favoring McLaurin pretty significantly as uh, you see a stark contrast in the 20 to 25 bucket, 13% in favor of McLaurin, 5% in the above 25 bucket, and also a 10% advantage for McLaurin in that mid-range 10 to 15 bucket. You see a very large delta when you look at their average PPR. Um, objectively, or I should say subjectively here, I definitely would have gone McLaurin over sudden. So the question is, If we put Sutton up against Flowers here or Hopkins, how do things look? So we'll start off with Flowers. Uh, Flowers and Sutton, it's pretty close. You would actually say that this maybe favors Sutton. Uh, The other player that we'll add in here too is Hopkins and what the GLSP says for him. So GLSP for Hopkins, uh, wow. It really likes him this week. You know, as I talked about with what you see in the, in the matchup Raider, when you start breaking down wide receivers this week, that's, it, it's not really surprising that we're seeing that and against the Jags. If you look at his average stat line, his comps went for five receptions, 75 yards, 70% of them scored touchdowns. Um, And one of the things that you might be asking yourself now is, do we have any idea of like why it's so high on him? As I said, Jacksonville allowing wide receivers to go over their points per game. The other thing I can note is that they're pretty favorable um, across alignments as well. I'm actually saying that uh, here I would go with McLaurin and Hopkins. So I would leave out Sutton and Flowers. uh, So I'd probably go McLaurin, Hopkins, just a little bit over Flowers, then Sutton. All right, uh, here we go. One coming in from Reese. This question reads, uh, tough decisions right now. Full PPR, Joe Burrow or Sam Howell? Also, Nico Collins or Brian Robinson at the Flex? All right. I'm going to start going pretty quickly on these. Uh, So probably a lot less analysis at this point, kind of walking through uh, my logic and decision-making process here. So you have Joe Burrow against Sam Howell. Um, Dude, Sam Howell against the Giants uh, actually drawing a higher percentage in the above 25 bucket. However, burrow at 34% to 28% in the 2025 bucket also has a slightly higher average. Um, now granted you have burrow facing Baltimore. You have Howell going up against a giants team that has not been looking too great here. Uh, but I would go with burrow in this one. All right. Antonio, Would you rather have Swift or Taylor in the playoffs? Uh, That's a great question. One thing we can do to look at that here, actually. Let's go into the strength of schedule streaming app tool here. Um, Off the top of my head, without looking at the specifics here for them in the playoffs, I would say Swift. Just given how strong I think the Eagles will close out the season, um, and the potential that he has to score multiple ways, um, in, in these contests for the Eagles. But if we take a look at running back schedules and we put a custom range here into the fantasy streaming app, and maybe we look at like weeks 14 to 16, um, Indianapolis, let's see if we can find them. They actually face a fairly decent schedule. Uh, whereas Philadelphia does come in a little bit harder here. But one of the teams, you know, you got Seattle, which is favorable. The Giants, I think, could be fine against. Yeah, it's not enough to switch me. I would go with Swift in the playoffs. All right. Going back to comments. Um, All right. Also, I just traded Amari, Amari Cooper for Pacheco. Thoughts? Honestly, that's really hard for me to answer without seeing uh the makeup of your team and how that has impacted it overall generally i uh my kind of formula in my head for evaluating the trade is if i look at your lineup and then the top maybe two or three bench guys for you before and after has the overall strength of your team increased uh so it's a little bit hard to break down without that um but I could see it having some usage here. Um, the final thing just to kind of get my bearings here, cause I don't have Isaiah on many teams, but I do have Cooper on a pretty good, pretty good amount here. I think if you need the running back help, I like it. If not, probably would have tried to stick Pat with Cooper, but again, that depends. So this was coming in from Domo. I was just offered Bijan and Deonte Johnson for Montgomery and D hop thoughts currently six and four and worry about Gibbs getting even more workload. That might happen, but I think that Montgomery actually will be fine. I think there's enough quality there. And I think he's good enough in the context of that, that, that Detroit offense, that that could happen. Um, and you might even see a slight uptick in efficiency for him, but was just offered Bijan and Deonte for Montgomery and Hopkins I actually like this trade um I think that you're if you're 6 and 4 right you're trying to go after some upside here and I think Montgomery has some but maybe we see this big breakout from Bijan John Robinson, where he actually gets to live up to what we know that he can do. Not to say that he hasn't had good games, but I don't think we've really seen him be able to spread his wing his wings and truly do what he's able to do. I think Johnson and Hopkins probably trade off week to week. You're at six and four. I think this is the type of move that could maybe push things over for you. Maybe it just ends up being a wash, but I would go for it. Hey, what's going on, Brent? Um, Okay. Flowers over Foreman. And George Pickens, GLSP, agrees. So let's take a quick little look here in the GLSP. We have not talked about Pickens yet. So against Cleveland, we have Pickens. 30% of his matches found the end zone. 47 yards, around six targets, three receptions. An average, though, of just nine, actually 10. So It's kind of interesting that you see a 30% rate on touchdowns for his comps, but his average is at just 9.6 and that you also see his upside really lacking once you get beyond 15 points. So, you know, you don't really have much upside there. Uh, I would definitely say that you're going flowers over Pickens. Really not much of a question for me there. Uh, We have not talked about Royce. uh, Oh, wait, Foreman, Foreman, not Freeman, right? So Donta Foreman here in the Bears matchup with the Lions is an average of around 12.1. We do see some downside for him, but pretty decent kind of creep from the 10 uh, to 15 bucket down to the greater than 25. We see an average of 12.1 for him. I really want to say to go flowers here, but the thing that I think makes us a little bit different is the odds of Foreman getting in the end zone are just better. And then I look here and I find that 60% of Foreman's matches found the end zone. Last week I didn't I told a listener to uh play somebody over Foreman. That was a mistake. Uh this week hopefully I don't make a mistake when I say to go Foreman. So I You know, it's it's pretty close. Um Pretty close, But I would go Foreman over Flowers here largely because of the potential for that touchdown. I think absent of that, you're going to see enough volume for Foreman that they kind of come somewhat in stride. And though I do really like Flowers, um, you know, you're just not seeing the type of plays that give you a very solid feeling about coming up with enough scenarios where you can capture a lot of upside. I mean, just two games this year where he's gone over 15 points has been a wide receiver three in 80% of weeks. He's still been usable. Cause he's always just floating around that 11, uh, that 10 to 11 and a half PPR type of range, uh, PPR per game range. But yeah, I'd go Foreman. All right. Uh, thanks Dave. Tough to sit a guy like flowers over a lower volume guy. Like rice feels like snapshare for rice lately has been better, which may not be in the tool. Well, fortunately, one thing that we can do here is we can go over to the Monday review. Uh, we can go to wide receivers. Um, let's just look since maybe like week eight and we can drop in rice and uh, rice has been at a snap share of 64 and percent. Obviously flowers has been uh, higher here. I would assume actually I should say with a snapshot of 75.6, but I think, you know, you're going to see more opportunity for rice to capture more upside. So true, true. Uh, this coming in from bent like a rope choo, choo, but Foreman's dealing with an ankle and Herbert coming back. Love you taking the time to do the breakdown. Yeah, that probably is true. Um, who was the question here? Oh, it was versus, uh, I already forget Foreman. Oh, overflowers. Yeah, I still think I'm doing it. You know, kind of for some of the reasons that I said there. It's just kind of like despite all of that, I still think you have a more chance for an explosive player to or a touchdown that's going to flip things in the case of Foreman. All right. This one coming in from Nathan. Brees Hall or Mixon. And this isn't standard. All right. We have not fielded many standard questions this year. I'm going to have to recalibrate my mind here to get in that headspace. So you got Brees Hall or Joe Mixon? All right, let's pull that up. In standard, there's just a delta of 0.3 in the favor of Hall, but you do see Mixon actually doing better in terms of their 75th percentile, or maybe their high range outcome. Uh, When we look at the distribution, though, it does tend to favor Hall. Um, The added piece to this here would be, I think that you're going to see Mixon playing A game tonight uh, where he might be relied on less than Brees Hall will be relied upon in the matchup that he's in. So it's actually fairly similar, but I would go with Hall uh, in this matchup um, pretty confidently, too, actually. All right, so that gets us pretty rapidly on a ton of good questions here. To 811. I'm going to hang out here for another couple of minutes in case there's any final questions to come through. Uh, you know, as always, I really appreciate everybody stopping by, sharing their questions here. It's been a lot of fun answering these tonight. So I'm going to hang around, like I said, for a couple more minutes. While we wait for that, we haven't even had a chance to run down some of the top players at uh, the different positions <clears throat> I'm just gonna call out, especially for people that can't see this that are listening on the podcast, some of the some more prizing ones this week. You have Brock Purdy coming in at QB six, Kyler Mario Hardy at QB seven, uh Tua down around QB 10, howell at somewhere or it must be uh 13, followed by Russell Wilson at 14, love it 15 Mahomes actually, QB 15 um this week. Oh, thanks, Mike. Always uh, enjoy having you stop by. Um, at running back, let's see, anything really stand out to me You have Jameer Gibbs at five followed by Rashad white, who we talked about earlier that it likes. We do see Joe Mixon falling behind Aaron Jones, kind of, or somewhere around running back eight, uh, Brian Robinson coming in at 15. A lot of the usual suspects there this week towards the top four running backs. I'm really not seeing anything too surprising, uh, for running back. Oh, All right, David, you sent some via email. Uh, Tutu versus Wandale versus Shakir. Um, It's insane to play. Is it insane to play Howell over Hurts? No, honestly, it isn't. Uh, Curtis and I actually had a long conversation last weekend about playing Howell over Lamar Jackson, and we should have. Uh, It's not insane, but no, I'm not taking it. it Hurts it. Let me know which email did you send them to? Did you send them to the, um, just let me know which address you sent them to. And I'll try to pop in quickly and we'll talk through those. I'll hang around for longer if need be. What's going on, Ricky? Um, Herbert or Keaton Mitchell? Uh, this one, I'm going to say Keaton Mitchell. I feel like there's more upside in his matchup that he is in than what you're going to see for Herbert. Um, which is generally what I'm looking in when making a decision between these two running backs. Uh, let's take just one quick little look here. Cause we did not talk about Herbert now. Granted, I probably, uh, because of the injury that he's had, you know, might be missing some information here that could be relevant, but yeah, GLSP, nothing really stands out there for me. So I would, I would say to go with Mitchell. Um, yeah, the tush push <laughs> says it's nuts. Yes, that's right, Bent. Um, all right. Very quickly here, let's make our way over and look at some of the, <clears throat> excuse me, some of the wide receivers here. Tank Dell, dude, coming in at wide receiver six this week, an average of 17 and a half PPR. Uh, nice score for Hopkins this week. Puka Nakua getting back into the top 15 against Seattle at this point, just a lot of chalky results coming out. You know, um, at this point, GLSP really has a handle on these players. There's not too many surprises at this point. Uh, Josh Reynolds scoring fairly well, um, which isn't a surprise. If you look at how Detroit scores in the matchup Raider this week, Uh does tend to like them. Um, all right. Tight ends. We have, Hawkinson at one Kelsey at two Kittle at three Andrews at four followed though by Trey McBride who we talked about earlier comparing him with Jake Ferguson you can see the support that the tool has for McBride this week followed by Kemet LaPorter who we talked about Schultz David Njoku Luke Musgrave Jake Ferguson Logan Thomas uh Dalton Kincaid then Pat Friermuth who I think might be might be coming back uh this week. So I'm going to wait around one more minute um, just for good measure in case you're one of those people that are out there that has been listening to me. And at this point has actively gone ahead and added multiple defenses. Uh, appreciate you bent like a rope. Um, if you've added multiple defenses in preparation for the playoffs on like FFPC leagues and you have multiple teams, Let's just hit up some of the top teams here. You got Dallas, followed by Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Rams, Buffalo, Seahawks, Niners, Browns, Lions, Texans, Commanders, Vikings, Chargers, Bengals, Ravens. That's one through 15. Then you got Giants, Dolphins, Packers, Chiefs, Titans, Bucks. Um, that is the rundown there. Final thing I'll say, though, is I actually think that uh, what you might see. Uh, for Miami against Las Vegas is the offense puts so much pressure that it forces uh, some mistakes to come out of um, forces some mistakes to come out of the offense. And as a result, the Miami defense ends up having a good game. Oh, I realized though, I did not get to two, two versus Wandale versus Shakir. Let's very quickly pop these in. I think 2-2 Atwell matches up nicely this week uh, from writing that passing game. Wandale, though, uh, you actually do see against the commanders, slot-wide receivers like Wandale have some success. I don't don't know why I can't type this right now. But, uh, yeah, you're going to see things in favor here uh, for Atwell just by a slight margin. Then it was against Shakir, against the Jets. I would rule them out. So I would actually go 2-2, then Wandale then Shakir Shakir would be more exciting. Uh, if we saw him getting a, a little bit more of a target share than he is. All right. That does it for me. Thanks everybody, uh, for stopping by really appreciate it. Uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, as a reminder, make sure you get in there, check us out sometime on YouTube and also feel free to send your questions in, uh, for everybody on the stream. I will talk to you next week.